Disclaimer, the contents of this podcast do not constitute medical or professional advice and do not reflect the opinions of the affiliates, promotional sponsors or partners or advertising agencies and only reflects the opinions of the members and guests. This podcast contains explicit content and offends everyone equally. VTSR expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on any or all contents of this podcast. We disclaim any responsibility. Listen at your own risk. Main sponsors, Nostifiance Group, LLC. For all your training, consulting, and special operations solutions needs. For military, law enforcement, and private clients. Uptown Autoglass. For all your glass needs located in Columbus, Georgia. Atax Camo. You won't even see them coming. Sing it with me. Take it away, JP. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. How you guys are doing today? I'm good. Mike, you? I'm doing all right. It's been a rough week. I hear you, brother. It's not been an easy week for me either. And from the sounds of it, we're just going to ignore JP for a second. It's going to be you and me moment because you've had a rough week. I've had a rough week. And Actually, I was going to say that we wanted. To, I wanted to start with Mike this week. That way, Mike said his story first. Not you. Not even you. Not even you. Not even you. It's Mike. It's Mike Day. <laughs> that's. You know what? That's where I was trying to go with it, but you had sure, to jump back in. Sure. Sure. All right. For those that are listening to the show and notice a slight difference in our banter today, it's actually because we have we a video. We can see each other, so there's going to be a little bit more trash talking. Um, but it's all in good fun because apparently we're friends and that's what we tell each other. So continuing on about Mike now, Mike, tell JP and I about your week. Well, it's been a roller coaster week. Uh, if you guys, first I want to start off with the start off as a positive thing. Cause it's something that started last week is, you know, I got my, one of my first actual products out other than a holster you guys saw on social media. It's the, I call it the 300 ammo pouch in ATAX. Mm. 300 rounds well that's what's been tested for anyways uh household six been instrumental in that production process so that was a positive but then uh, on monday uh for those a lot of people don't know is last month when we were at the north carolina tackle games i had to, i have three neapolitan mastiffs my blue girl got bit by a snake probably like a cotton mouth or something like that uh so that was kind of a dist- half distraction when we were at in north carolina but she recovered pretty quick um in about 24 to 48 hours with an anti-venom. But this last Monday, my, my, my male, my brindle, got bit by an eastern diamondback rattlesnake. So he's been in the, at the vet since Monday evening. And uh, it's been a rough week. Haven't, I mean, people pay attention. I haven't really posted much on social media. Been kind of stressing about that. Because um, anybody knows that it's not so much the family. It's not only the family aspect of the dogs, but it's all, you know, there's a huge financial backing to, uh, to uh, take care of a venom bite. So, uh, yeah, it's been a rough week, but 
is turning around. He's on Thursday. We thought we were going to have to be putting him down, but he's made a drastic, almost 180 degree turn. And he's home now walking and doing his own business on his own without, without any help. So it's been stressful, but it's turning around finally. I mean, next week, um, middle of the week, I hit, you know, head to Southern Florida and see some friends. So it's going to, it's on its uptick finally. So but other than that, that was about it. It's just been an up and down roller coaster week. Yeah, bro. That's not an easy week to deal with whatsoever. Uh, and we're, we're happy. He's a big dog. He's, Oh, by the way, he weighed in at 208 pounds. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, I, I Hey Mike. Uh, yeah. So this happened after Nate visit you in your house, right? That's correct. So I, I had Snake so, Katie and snakes in my pockets I, and I left I, them there? Is that where you're I, going? I don't know because when you left my mm. house shortly after, Coco got sick. What are you doing to our dogs, bro? Really? How did Coco get sick? What was, I don't what? know. I, I'm, just, I'm just making that shit up. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Right? <laughs> hey, Nate, yeah. how, how about your week? I know your week kind of suck and it's going to suck for the next what, The what Liberals is, what is won the, the election. <laughs> what, oh is, what is the term? Four years over there, too? Uh, okay, so I'm trying to forget all of that. And because we're going to remind you, I know because that's what friends do. So now this is going to make you guys feel like dicks though. This, this, this part of my week is going to make each and every one of you go, Oh shit. And it's going to be, it's going to be challenging for you to try to make fun of this. So as you guys know, I haven't seen my kids in a few years because I was an alienated them from uh, an alienated from them by their mother, which is a horrible thing. And I am a hundred percent, against anybody that alienates the other parent from the kids unless there's like some severe reason to and if you're just going through a divorce this is a control statement if you're going through a divorce and you just don't like the other parent and all you do is talk shit to the kid well that's parenting alienation and you are not cool you are not mature and you don't even deserve to be a parent that's my statement i stand by it okay because when you go through a divorce it's between you and the other adult the other partner that you're separating from do not bring the kids into it my kids got brought into it it got shitty. I haven't seen them in four years. So with that said, when I was getting to see my kids and we were having, you know, that I, was, I had fought for access and custody and everything. And we were, we were together before the annihilation kicked in. I used to ride uh, my bike with my kids all the time. I used to do longboarding with them, bike riding with them, activities. Like I was just outside with them all the time. And anybody that knew me back then knew that nothing else mattered other than my kids. Like when I was in the field, guys, and I was teaching courses and we we're doing the orders portion of patrolling or whatever, the candidates would know at eight o'clock every night, regardless, they would put in their orders, stop talking, sergeant's getting a phone call because that's when I would say goodnight to my kids. Cause I would just be in the field. So I'd be talking to them. Right. And I'd be like, all right guys, good day. Good day. Okay, good. You know, five minutes on the phone. Be good for your mom. I love you. Talk to you tomorrow. You know, no big deal. But every day at not at eight o'clock, if I wasn't home, and it came to a point that even, like I said, the troops knew to put it in their orders. This is what's happening at eight o'clock. Nobody screwed around with it. None of the other staff, even the guys that didn't respect me at work, you know, <laughs> the lazy shits or whatever, they still knew that that was going to happen. Right. And I didn't let it interfere with anything, but that was just the one thing that I did in my day. So with that said, over the years, uh, when I got out and retired, uh, I put all my time and energy into my kids. So everything I put in my career was now into my kids. And when they were teenagers and stuff, you know, you really got to spend the time with them. JP, Mike, you guys have kids, you know. So I was putting all that time and energy into them. And one of the things was riding bikes. And uh, my young fellow and I, my youngest one, him and I 
always on our bicycles. He loved riding his bike. So this week, um, I still have my bicycle and I, I haven't been able to ride it because of the emotional attachment of as soon as I get on it and start pedaling, I just think of him, right? And, and his brother. And it's just, it's painful. But I had the bike for years. It sat there. I took care of it. I maintained it. I, you know, would try to ride it or whatever. And I couldn't do it. So this week, um, I got up early in the morning, went to the gym. And uh, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I went to the gym. I come back at, uh, at nine and my bike's gone. Somebody fucking stole my bike. Okay. So it was just gone. And I was like, huh, I don't know how to feel about this. One, don't steal from me. And then I always think if somebody's stealing from me, how death, like, what is it? And how badly do they need it? And then the other side of me is going, shit, that was the last object I had that connected. Like that was the last piece of something I had that connected to me and kids. And I went through, I'm still going through that roller coaster ride and everything. And I'm thinking, you know, the process was shit. I had this, this thing, this, this talisman of connection that I was, I was kind of putting, it was kind of like an altar. I'd go to it and I'd clean it up and I'd think about those times together and I'd do all that stuff. And now it's gone. And I'm at that, like I'm in mourning. I, I'm, I'm mourning the loss of that object. And I'm actually finally mourning the loss of the relationship with my sons. And it's been four years and I thought I was good with it, but now and I'm sweating right now. I've got a hot flash going on talking about it and I'm going, damn, I've, I've, it's gone. I'm not going to get it back. And if I did get it back, it, what conditions are going to be? The brake lines cut and damaged and stuff and who was riding it. And, you know, was it used in a crime or anything like that? It's just, it's uh, it, it really kind of, it's a mourning process that I'm going through right now. And I didn't realize that I've been holding on to those emotions for last years or last four years, not letting myself process. And it's, it's a bit of a post-traumatic stress that I went through with that whole thing. And I thought, geez, it's kind of sad to say, but it's kind of a positive thing that this is stolen from me because now I'm forced to face those feelings and emotions that I've just kind of been repressing, I guess, a little bit for the last four years. So on that note, yeah, go ahead. Make fun of that, suckers. <laughs> uh, I, got, I, I, I got nothing for that one, bro. Yeah, right? I, so I, I, I kind of feel bad because I just sent you all a text trying to get a laugh out of you guys on screen. But oh, did you? Bad, time, bad timing. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he sent some balls. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he sent some bicycles, you know. Um, but no, no. so th that's kind of the, the tone I, I want to talk about tonight is this. Because I am. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating. I've got this uh it's not irrational but this this emotion going on right now that i haven't really dealt with and our next guest i've been talking to this week because they're in that transition phase um and i'll let you introduce her Jay, uh, jp um they're in that transition phase so i think tonight we should really maybe no, talk about that that mourning process that no, initial well, loss. no we're not just into the we're deep into that transition phase i mean Ooh. this is like recent yeah, like the, our, you, guest, our guest. Our yes, guest is like right away, like just yeah. fresh. Yeah, and that's yeah, what less I'm talking than 30 about. days from Yeah, and that's yeah. what I want to talk about, Mike, is yeah. is and that's the 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 tone I want for the show tonight, I think, is that we the three of us, you know, JP has been a few years, you've been a a couple more months than yeah. No, but like JP and I've been, you know, over 5 years, you're a couple right. years in yep. and our guest is at that fresh point. So with my story of what happened to me and now that I have to face those emotions, 
we can actually mentor her because she's right there. And I've, I've addressed some of my stuff. You've addressed some of your stuff, but being forced to address it because it just happened. And I think that's where we should go tonight. What do you think? Uh, I'm trying to find something funny to say about your story, <laughs> but, I, but I got nothing, bro. I, I got nothing funny to say about your story, bro. I'm, hey, I'm man, serious. one one man, one kit. You know, I should have took better shit care of that shit or something. You know, like, come on, tie that shit off, officers. Look at your no? phone. Look at your phone. That's, well, that's I, I only, I, I only got, I only got one kit that I know of. Um, <laughs> Mike, I only got one kid that I know of, uh, so so I'm good, and, okay. and that's one of the reasons. Hey, that's one of the reasons you know everybody goes like, Oh, I want to go to ancestry.com and check out my past. And I'm like, You know what that means? Now my DNA is there, possible kids can find me. I'm like, exactly. hell no. before, yeah, hell, hell no, I'm not doing it, especially in Costa Rica. <laughs> okay, oh, now before whoa, we do move on, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wow, with that note, but one thing I want to say, Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So JP, what do you think now? Should we, uh, you know, we've lightened the mood a little bit. Should we bring on this guest who is patiently yeah. waiting with our answers? Yes. Yes. We're going to bring the guests. Uh, but uh, since you guys got sad stories, I'm going to tell you one cool oh. story. No, no. Because you guys got sad stories. Oh, no. Would I, this be a one down? <laughs> yeah. One down. Okay. One down. Uh, so I was in a, um, in, in Missouri. I went to Warrington, Missouri. Where? Warrington. Should I spell it out for you? Yeah, try Warrington. to. Warrington, Warrenton, Missouri. <laughs> so, anyways, put, I went there. On the map. I was, yeah. Uh, don't worry, I'll post a map. I was uh, a, a guest speaker at the Warren uh, Historical Association, uh, and um, I didn't need a translator. I was really so no, proud of dude, myself. Oh, on that, on that note. I mean, I was watching the live feed on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, One, yeah. I, I don't. I said, "Who's holding JP's phone?" And I all of a sudden you see this hand come up front and go like waving, and I'm like, "Okay." Um, but anyways, <laughs> I was actually impressed how crystal clear your English was. I was, I was like astonished. I was like blown away. Oh, dude, that's that new filter on Instagram Live. Oh, so, yeah, oh, Instagram got well, a new translation well, filter. Here, here's Google. the thing, also, is that Javi was on on watching too. So I think Javi was, you know. Doing some kind of magic on Instagram, making it crystal clear. <laughs> oh my God! No, but uh, it was a good time, guys. Uh, uh, it was my first time in in, in Missouri. Actually, I've been there before. I don't know. I, I don't think so. But uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but the cool thing about it is, so I got done with that. Uh, met met some amazing people, great people over there. And then on the way on the way back to the airport the next day, uh, it was a quick trip. I stopped at tactical shit. Man, I, I remember so, that. I remember that. Yeah, so I was hanging out over there with TJ for a little bit. Uh, oh, that, that same morning, uh, my friend that brought me over there, uh, Lloyd Whiteman, he's starting a podcast. Uh, and it's, uh, it's called From the Ashes. And, um, and I was his first guest in his podcast. He's like, JP, you're going to be my guinea pig. <laughs> I'm like, Damn. all right. So, so he might be in touch with you, Nate, because I told him that, that you're the techie guy. So any questions and stuff oh, like nice, that. Oh, nice, yeah. Uh, to get in touch with you. So, so what, what's, what's the podcast about? I mean, are you it's that from, old that you're bringing you back or? Well, the ashes. No, so no. Obviously from, it's old. It, it, no, it's like, it, it's basically, you know, it, it, a lot of people go through different situations in their life and then, uh, you know, fire either consumes you or 
right just you know oh that's some so, phoenix that's, shit right there yeah. so but but you know he he is focusing in, in everyone you know ours is, is basically focused on you know law enforcement veterans and stuff like that he's focusing on everything like musicians their struggles you know all the things that they went through when they were when they were younger what what made him get better you know and how how did they do it uh so yeah it was pretty cool man it was pretty cool uh uh, being in the podcast and you're going to listen to his voice when you listen to his voice in the podcast he got one of those voices where it's all about the radio and i like and I, I know dude i was like bro your voice is like does it sound good i'm like bro <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah. so went to tactical shit man had a good time over there with tj and um uh there's a project that later on we'll talk about because it's still in the works but a project that uh, that TJ is involved with, and uh, I will be involved with, and there'll be room for a lot of people to get involved in that um, for a music video. But we'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, I can sing. Hey, we're singers. Is it because of our cartoon oh, that's Saturdays? Right. Our cartoon I, that's Saturdays. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's right. I got the singers now. Yeah. Mike can be the choreographer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So those that aren't that's familiar, that's not what's going to be. Yeah, if you're not familiar, you need to join our Instagram, and every Saturday morning, you get to watch some cartoon Saturdays, and they're very entertaining because we are a magnificent group. By the way, I'm going to make you guys sing some stuff in Spanish too. Uh-oh. So get ready, get ready. Well, we are in Lakeland because it's going to happen. Well, Mama. we've already decided you're going to sing some country music. Oh, that's going to be horrible. <laughs> oh, oh man anyways enough about us we had a great time and all that That's we're amazing great. it's all good we're amazing yeah. but but today we got an amazing guest we got kate sipes she's an army veteran of 20 21 years a wife a mother a cool friend she is funny well i think she's funny sometimes not all the time but you know and uh and you know her story is a little bit different from ours because you know we've been retired for a long time some of us and she's like in the in the middle like right there in that transition process so she's going to be able to tell us not what she felt but what she's feeling right now yes. so uh yeah. so come on come on up Kate. you you can unmute your your mic <laughs> hello how are you doing Kate? <laughs> hey i'm good I'm glad you guys had me on and you're setting a precedent here you're not just the first female on the show well jp sits down when he pees but you are the first (laughs) guest on the video side of this too through this new technology exciting yes i I think we did it on purpose like we did it on purpose we're like we need some beauty in the video so that's when that's when that's when my beard's here every time (laughs) yeah i'm gonna say yeah that's when we said yeah we need to bring in kate because we're not gonna do it (laughs) <laughs> class this place up a little bit so so uh, no kate uh just real quick so everybody knows a little bit about you can you tell us just a little bit about you you know where where, where did you grow up you know do you go to college the, scheme of maneuver the scheme of maneuver of, of of your your life until retirement your backstory in three words or less oh shit oh wow elevator speech um, so uh yeah i was from uh i'm from southern california uh born and raised um you know, my parents were in the military, um, so I did live on the East Coast sometimes. I lived in Virginia Beach, North Carolina, um, Camp Lejeune, um, Virginia Beach. Uh, but for the most part, I was born and raised in California. Decided to join the military, be like the rest of my family. Um, I left home in 1998, September 1998. 
and I uh, went to basic training at Fort Jackson. From there, I went to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Um, I was there for three years, 101st. I loved it. It's probably one of my favorite duty assignments. Screaming chickens. Fort Campbell's uh-huh. best place. <laughs> it really is. It's a great installation. Um, and it's still a great installation. Uh, I went there recently. Uh, from there, I went to Schofield Barracks, Hawaii. And then I was there for seven years. It seems that almost, uh, say, I've only been to four duty assignments. And wow. two out of the four, I spent seven years at those installations. So I was at Schofield Barracks for seven years. I was at uh, Fort Riley, Kansas for seven <laughs> years. Terrible place. You were JP, you were talking about Missouri. And I was like, oh. Um, but yeah, I was at Fort Riley, Kansas for seven years. It was really good for my career, but it was just a miserable place, miserable place to be. Um, sorry for anybody who's from Kansas. All right, real, real quick, what did you do there? I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're in logistics, but yeah. What, 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 what level and what unit? Because I've never, I've heard, all I heard is stories about Fort Riley. Yeah, so um, I actually PCS there. I was six months pregnant. Um, my husband was still in Iraq, uh, stationed at a Schofield barracks. So I actually had a PCS uh, pregnant and with a six-year-old. Uh, I went to, uh, yeah, it was, it was an awful experience. And I went in the wintertime. It was, it was awful. Um, I got there. Well, I got there and it was snowing and, you know, I hadn't seen snow in seven years. I was in Hawaii the whole time. So I was like, oh, this is great snow. And then after three days, I was like, I'm, I'm over it. Uh, (laughs) It was done. (laughs) I don't want want the snow. No, I didn't. Um, I was assigned to the 101st uh, BSB, which was really interesting for me. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the like brigade support battalions and what they do as far as like transportation and ammo and fuelers and supply. And I mean, you just have like this whole uh, organization of support. And um, I went there as a supply sergeant um, and we were responsible for the uh, MIT team. So Mm -hmm. at the time before the MIT team went to Fort Polk and we were actually in the transition transition of moving all that property to uh, Fort Polk. So it took about nine months to do lateral transfers. Um, and I was pregnant and it was just an awful experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see JP for, laughing, but it was really just an awful experience. So, so for, for the masses that are, might be listening that don't know anything, aren't in the military, especially the army, Fort Polk is notorious for being a hole. I mean, I'm trying to be nice about calling it a dump or worst assignment possible you can get but it's a whole it is a army pcs system so i mean <laughs> i was a combat engineer in my early career and that was not a place you wanted to go because it was mechanized still and it, but it was like outdated equipment it was it was antiquated so it that's not a place where you want to end up so it's kind of like that's why i asked her about it because it's literally the yeah the rear end hole of the army assignments yeah, I mean, if they were going to put an enema, that's where they'd put it. So, exactly. um, yeah. That was, so anyway, <laughs> All right, continue. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. So I, I got promoted out of that job at the BSB and I thankfully, um, and I volunteered to go work at 234 Armor. I was saved by uh, one of my favorite mentors, Command Sergeant Major Stoker. Um, he rescued me out of the BSB. Um I mean, I have a lot of good experiences in the BSB. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I learned a lot in that job, um, but I was grateful to get out of it. <laughs> um, but I went to an armor b- uh, battalion, which was, I don't know if you guys are, you probably are familiar with it, but it's got uh, 11 Bravos and uh, 19 Deltas and some 19 Scout. kilos. Yeah, um, Scouts and the 19 kilos as well. So tankers and Bradleys. And um, I had to learn a whole different side of my job. 
So pretty much every job I've been into, I had to learn different types of property. And with that job, um, I was a battalion S4, so I was responsible for, you know, managing all those supply personnel and, and all that. Um, that's the job that I uh, was forced, I'll say forced, <laughs> I was told that I needed to go to the Sergeant Audie Murphy board. Um, Which you killed it. I did. Actually, um, funny story. So um, I went to the Sergeant Audie Murphy board there, to the, uh, the, the division board, and I was the only one that showed up that day. So all those sergeant majors took about an hour and 45 minutes to question me. And I almost passed out. <laughs> I almost passed out. Um, so uh, real quick, uh, for the people that don't know, because uh, not only has Katie won the Sergeant Audie Murphy Award, but she's also got the Order of St. Maurice. Uh, explain to, real quick, in short term, what Sergeant Audie Murphy Award and what it really means, because that's like a huge bullseye on your, on your basic military resume that says promote now. So, yeah. so explain real quick what that's about. So, um, essentially, the Sarjani Murphy clip. What I thought it was when I went into it was, oh, hey, this is going to help me get promoted. I'm, I'm not going to lie; I was being a little bit selfish about it. I, I thought, oh, I'm going to get something out of this, you know, um, for myself. Um, and as I was studying for the board, I realized that it's about. Um, mentoring all those soldiers and, and understanding all those programs that are involved to not just help the soldiers, but the families and communities. And I learned about volunteering and I got a volunteer award for, you know, helping out like for the whole division. It was, it was an amazing experience. I learned a lot about the things that are out there for soldiers um, and their families. And I, and I, and I, I was grateful for it. So even though I was um, resistant to do it, when I finally did it, I was happy. And then I forced my husband to do it. So. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, <laughs> no, but I, I think a lot of people do that. Uh, every time somebody tells you, hey, you want to, you want to go to the, you know, we want to send you to the soldier of the month or mm -hmm. the quarter of the year board. Nobody ever wants to do it uh, until you get there and then you do it and then you mm -hmm. feel proud of your accomplishment. Right. But, right. but in the beginning, nobody wants to do it. Nobody want to be on the spot kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, um, I was very resistant to it, but like I said, and then I had a lot of naysayers. A lot of people are like, oh, you're doing the Sergio Audie Murphy board. Oh, that's stupid. Or, you know, they had other things to say about Audie Murphy as well. Um, but I learned a lot about not just the club itself, but Audie Murphy. Um, and, and he was, he was an amazing soldier and a hero and, and did a lot of amazing things. So again, I, I learned a lot, not just through history, but I learned a lot about the army and the programs and the things that I could do to help soldiers. So I'm grateful for that. Um, on top of that, within that unit, we were also integrating females into combat arms. So I was the first female wow. in my division to be assigned to a combat arms HHC unit. Um, and they were starting off with just assigning like officers and senior and uh, enlisted. So I created a female mentorship program for females coming into combat arms, well, combat arms um, units. So not actually the job itself yet. Um, so I created a mentorship program where I was able to, you know, create an avenue for females to have a senior female to talk to about their issues and concerns that maybe, and nothing against the men, but maybe the men just didn't understand, <laughs> you know, we can't relate. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah, I know. Um, so it was quite an experience. Um, I actually enjoyed working with the guys, uh, honestly, uh, less drama, but, um, that's just kind of, <laughs> well, well, Katie, Katie, you're a rare breed. So, I mean, I know you can handle that male dominant almost 
chauvinist yeah. Crazy environment. Oh, I can so. shoot this shit just as much as anybody oh, else. Yeah. Oh, can I curse? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. JP and I do it all the time. <laughs> okay. This is this is your podcast. You can say whatever uh, okay. you want. It, this is the Kate Hour. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it was a great experience. Anyways, I um, <clears throat> basically from that job, I moved on to be a sexual assault response coordinator. So, for those of you who are listening who don't know what that is, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So it's it's a first responder to victims of sexual assault. Um, the majority of my cases, and I know this may seem strange, but um, at least 80 to 85% of my cases were male on male victims. So I, I went into this job thinking that it was going to be. Ask, don't tell shit. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> you know, a lot of it, a lot of it was locker room antics. Yes. So, I mean, what people would consider, you know, inappropriate guys slapping each other in the butts or taking a rocket or mortar and um, putting it in their genital area and acting like it's, you know, so, and then poking each other. I mean, what's wrong wrong with that? (laughs) That that sounds like just a night with Mike and JP. (laughs) So so me, me checking for wallets all the time. Is that wrong? (laughs) I'm just trying to make sure people get their wallets. Okay. So yeah, no, that's definitely wrong. You definitely don't want to do that. So me putting my hand in Mike's back pocket <laughs> is not good? No, it's not. It's oh. not at all. And me making it's... Nate hold my pocket. <laughs> oh. As I'm holding him up in the air for people to use him as a oh piñata. That's there not right? Exactly. And so this is why I had a lot of male-on-male um, situations because you guys Because of motherfuckers love... like you. <laughs> You know, honestly, this was another one of those jobs where I got handpicked to do this job. I wasn't even qualified to do it. I had never been to sharp school for the, um, you know, the training you're supposed to go through. I'd never done it before. And I thought, I'm the last person you guys want me to do this. I'm the last person you want to do this. Yeah. Um, I I mean, for those, you guys know who I am. But uh, (laughs) so when I got selected for the job, I actually cried. I I went to my... um, brigade commander and brigade sergeant major and, and i cried i was like i i don't want to do this job i, I can't do it um they're like, you're gonna do it so um so i did the job and and i that was another situation i got put into that i was forced to do that i was uncomfortable with and then when i got into it i learned a lot about that job i was like oh man there's a lot of sexual harassment and assault going around um so it opened my eyes to a lot of stuff um now kate there, there there's <clears throat> I know there's a lot of, you know, sexual harassment that comes from females to males, but they're not reported that much because, you know, guys are afraid that if I say something, my friends are going to make fun of me. They're going to say I'm gay. That's like the guy <laughs> that got punched by Whitney Houston. and was like, I'm suing Whitney Houston because she, she gave me a black eye. And it's like, dude, it's Whitney Houston. Come on. You got punched by yeah. Whitney Houston. But no, it, and, and, it, and it happens. Right. Yeah. And, and um, for us, even up in Canada, you know, the igloos and stuff that we live in, they still have some issues and some, uh, some problems. And uh, I came across two situations in the shacks where it was females and guys, the assault um, and the allegations. And it was eventually the guys were like, they were like, okay, this is what happened. And then they just backed out of it because they're like, no, I don't want to pursue this because their friends are like, what dude, but why never got that lucky? Why no female ever assaulted <laughs> Because See, that's what they say. They yeah. all say that. That don't, that, don't count when, that don't count when it's your wife, you know, yeah. that she, 
that's oh, you know but but what i'm saying is why you never got assaulted why you never had a captain go like come here you want to get promoted i'll be like oh hell yeah <laughs> that's giddy up <laughs> it's probably because we wanted it too much it never baby. happens that's why because yeah. it just never happens um <laughs> Hey, all the movies I saw before I got in the army showed me that that was a possibility. Yeah, I was lied to. There's yeah. only two. There's only two cases that I know of, and I didn't respond to them. But I know of that involved a female on a male, and um, it's not funny. I, I yes, laugh. please. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, we're here paying so, attention. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. So, we were in Kuwait, and um, oh, geez. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, yeah, it was terrible right but anyways they were on a uh, mwr trip to kuwait city and um a bunch of people were on the bus and this guy or they were coming back from kuwait city and this guy was counting his money in his seat and his girl got up and started grinding on him like she was doing a lap dance and getting paid for it you know and he put his hands up like this and you know wanted her off and people were recording it um and he was really upset about it he reported smart, that smart she, she grinded on him um for sure yeah and she got she got charged she got charged she got charged with the sexual assault as, well, you know he got to pay situation. for that kind of action going into into the strip club he got it for free what is he talking about <laughs> but no that's not it's not even that it's I the mean, ratio of men to women in kuwait mm. he's that lucky to get that kind of action and, and you know you what know, only, he was a married man so. okay no, right. not only that yeah, and it's being right. recorded yeah. and yeah. we don't know the caliber <laughs> we don't know the caliber of the dancer gentlemen okay? that's true, oh. true, true. You know, okay. That's, seriously, uh, seriously, guys. I mean, that's all fun and Danny, but yeah, that's 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 not good. Yeah, no, it's no, not. Honestly. It's not. I mean, <laughs> I can it, laugh it, about it now because I'm not in anymore. But yeah, yes, we're all those, retired now, so I'm retired, so I'm clear. But uh, yeah, I mean, that happened, and it's not cool. I mean, I get it. If somebody did that to my husband, God, God help them, I'd kill him. But um, yeah. so uh, <laughs> you know. Anyway, I, I so just so we know, next time I see Kevin, I'm grinding on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I think I Florida. Think, here we come. I, I think there's the, there's the messed up part about it. So she did that, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's okay. He didn't like it. That's fine. But I guarantee you, if a guy do it to her, she'll be screaming harassment right away. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the sad standard. part about that. The mm-hmm. double standard. It is. It is a double yeah. standard. And and like we can laugh about it and joke about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're right. It's not. It's not okay. Um, the other incident was uh, people were in line with their weapons. Uh, their M4s to turn them in, and uh, this guy dropped something. He bent over to pick it up, Boop. and a, a chick took her M4 and poked him in the butt with it. Mm. And if you guys are not familiar with Article 120, there's like Article 120 A, B, C, something like that. And um, any penetration, uh, whether so slight, right? No matter slight, how slight, is considered a, a sexual assault. So that, that individual actually got kicked out of the army. So wow. that person got got um, in serious trouble for that. So. And the lesson for that is don't be poking your barrel where it doesn't belong. <laughs> so but on that note, things, yeah, sounds okay, like so, Nate has experience with that. <laughs> hey, that's why I have no bicycle anymore. That's why so, he runs a range. <laughs> that's right. So but these are things that, that do happen. So. Now, yeah. I want to talk about something there, Kate, because these are things that you had to deal with. But they're not easy for you to deal with. You were, you were untrained for the position you were on. And this is so much time, even, you know, all militaries I talk to, we always get put in situations that we are untrained for, you know, how many times do you get told, go teach this class? And you're like, 
I don't even know what this object is, right? So you're in these situations, the stress and everything that compounds, but you keep dealing with it. You keep dealing with it because got to keep moving forward. Got to keep moving forward. And now, Kate, you don't need to move forward anymore. What is the response, the physical response that you've noticed in your body just from that, that change of, I don't need to keep pushing anymore in the last 30 days? Um, I, I know I really dialed it to the side there. No, but yeah, no. Oh, thank you. I'm sure she's like, she's like, we, I'm so we sad. We're going to laugh in until to suck Nate. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, honest, <laughs> honestly, I feel like I'm a zombie at times. It's, um, it's crazy because I get up in the morning and I, I get my kids ready for school, get their breakfast and all that. And then I, you know, I take them to school. And then as I'm driving home, I'm literally thinking to myself, like, what do I have to do today? Um, and I'm sure there's like a million things I could do. And I drive home, I get in the driveway, I get in the house and I sit on my couch. And sometimes I stare at the wall for like three hours. Yeah. And, and I don't know what to do. I don't even have the TV on. I'm not even watching TV. I'm like literally just staring at the wall. Um, and that happened to me for like a couple of weeks and um, I'd put on some music and then I'd start crying and you know, just out of nowhere. Um, and then I finally just somehow got the motivation to say, F this, I'm going to go to the gym, you know? Okay. Um, so I go to the gym, but even then I, it's not as, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I go there, I go on base and I work out and I see soldiers working out. And, um, and I miss it. I miss that. I miss, mm. I miss working out with the soldiers. I miss being that leader, somebody that they looked up to. And, and, um, I created the workout program, you know, yes. I, I did that for my guys. I, <clears throat> so that's hard. So what I'm hearing Kate is you were, and, and we can all relate to this because we all retired as, uh, you know, higher ranks and whatnot is, when you were in, you had a purpose, you were driven, you did all these amazing things. You were there on call to help people and support. And you were, you were that guardian warrior. And now you got, Kevin. you got that taken away. It's done. You got Kevin. <laughs> yeah. You got, Ke you got Kevin who is an awesome warrior uh. himself and, and needs, I, I know he needs, Love you, Kevin. he needs his own support staff uh, very much. Or so, um, but with, with that said, you, you have now, like you said, you just sit and stare at the walls. And I remember those days. I still have, you know, six, seven years out, I still have those days. And I can imagine that JP has those days as well. And, and Mike, you've got them where you just kind of sit there and go, oh, why? It's been a few times this last week. Yeah, no doubt, right? Yeah. So, Kate, when you say you go on there and you see the soldiers and you miss that camaraderie and stuff, it's, it's even amazing that you can go on the base. Because when I first got out, I couldn't even drive on base. Um, I was I was angry because uh, mine was a medical release. I didn't get to retire at, at the end. I didn't make it to the end like you did. So my experience is different than yours because it was an abrupt end and I didn't realize it was coming. Yours, you got to get to the end of that, that term, but that doesn't mean it's any different, is it? You, you still have that, that mourning process that, you know, what do I do next? And that emotion that's been inside you, like a, I want to quantify this by saying, you know, the Play-Doh machine where you push it and it comes out as spaghetti. Yeah. That emotion's coming out now, isn't it? It is. It is. And uh, I guess the only thing that uh, has been really been keeping me going and I'm thankful for it is having my children and my husband. Um, because I, I, and I've done a lot of thinking about it is 
there's a lot of people out there that get out of the military, whether it's after three years or six years or 10, 12, 20, whatever, and they get out and they're single, you know, yeah. or they're alone and they don't, I'm here at Fort Benning, Georgia, you know, I'm in, I'm in a military yeah. community. So they I have, have zero support. Yeah. And so like, there's people that get out of the military and they go back home to whatever back was home that they're going to. And there's no veteran, you know, community there. And so, um, that really kind of has been on my mind a lot as, you know, and I guess that also helps me kind of get through it as, Hey, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Um, so I push through it. I've always felt that, you know, I do, I do suffer from depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I know that. Um, and it, I think we, we can openly talk about these things. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time going into restaurants and sitting down with my family and eating breakfast. And it's just all these people talking. I don't know who all these people are. And it's just all this noise going on. And, um, and I get really uncomfortable. I get a lot of anxiety. And then my husband and I, I'm snapping at my husband. I'm snapping at my kids. And finally, I'm just like, hey, I got to go in the truck. I'm going to wait in the truck for you guys, you know, once I'm done eating. Um, but like, I'm starting to slowly get better at at things like that. Did, so. did, did you feel, do you feel like when that start happening, you start sweating and, and, and yeah. feeling like almost like shaking and stuff? Yeah, I'm sh- yeah, that, shaking that, and sweating right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that used to yeah. happen to me a lot. And, and that's why I had a, a service dog. Uh, I think, I think uh, if you want to call it growing out of it, uh, it still happens once in a while and I can see it coming. And what I do is when I can, I can feel it. I just, I just get up and leave before it gets worse, you know, but, but, uh, but it don't happen all, all the time. Like it used to, um, it, it takes a while. It takes a while. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but, but it starts getting better. I, I will not tell you that it will go completely away No. because if I tell you that I'm lying to you, uh, what I can tell you is you start recognizing it like Learn, faster learning how to deal with it. and learning how to deal with it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think all three of us we we've been through that, Kate. So so we feel I, you. I, I had my last one last week, last Sunday, right before last week's podcast. I uh, literally because the week prior I wasn't really on the podcast because I had technical difficulties, which was Nate's fault. Um, <laughs> but it, it got to the point where last week I was like, we finally got it figured out. But in the house, it started getting loud uh, from the dogs, whatever. Even even household six was, you know things just started gnawing on me. And I mean, like right before we came online, I was seriously, I was like, I got the sweats like you get. And I was, you know, luckily my wife recognizes that and she's like trying to be supportive, but I just needed to, I recognize it, had to breathe out of it. But obviously as soon as we came online and talked to these other two knuckleheads, you know, it, it quickly dissipated because I got that, that support network. Uh, but yeah, I exactly know how you feel. And that, that cold sweat that was, a, that was for some reason for something so small it was like one of the worst ones i've had in a while okay are, are you are you right now uh i mean i know you just retired so so it's kind of fast some people do it quick some some people don't some people just what they do in order to keep their minds occupied is as soon as they get out they go into an eight to five job which i couldn't do it no i couldn't do it to be honest with you but some people do it and um <clears throat> For different reasons. One, they didn't plan their retirement correctly, right? <laughs> and, now, and now they got more bills. They got more bills after retirement than they did when they were active duty, and because uh, they want to buy the new car. Uh, and then, uh, and other ones do it just because they want 
going to stay busy, right? right. Um, are you are you now looking for either a hobby or, or trying to find what your new passion is? Or, or are you feeling that, you know what, I'm not doing anything for a while? Because that, that can happen as well. So I, yeah, that's a great point. Um, actually, I feel like I'm both. I feel like I still need some time to myself, um, but I also, I'm, I'm curious. So I'm, I'm looking into doing new things. So um, I love to paint and um, I've always been, I don't say good at painting. I don't want to like, you know, um, compliment myself because I'm usually pretty modest, but I like to paint. Um, I like to garden. I love working outside in the garden, um, you know, and I like to sew. So I think I'm going to get like at Joann's and learn how to knit and learn how to do all that, that stuff. Cause I heard that's really good for like, come, come down to my house, Katie. Uh, household <laughs> take over. <laughs> you know, who's, yeah. a, you know who's an amazing up. artist, Nate. He, he did a painting <laughs> for me. <laughs> he did a painting for me. Should I go and get it? And you, should. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Yeah, you should. I, do I don't it. think, I don't think anybody's keep, ever seen it. You guys keep talking. I'm about okay. to show you this yeah, amazing yeah. piece of art that, almost get him in jail because you can tell the story when you get the because painting. customs and immigration i mean <laughs> uh, uh, customs thought that he stole something from a museum it's so oh, amazing no. i'll be right back so the build-up to that is when i came down to visit him uh okay so we're talking about hobbies and activities when when i got out um like i said i had my kids so i put myself into all their activities um, not like intrusive but just supported them so when they were doing art projects at school i'd do that with them if they were longboarding or baseball or hiking whatever it was right and one of the things that i enjoyed doing was painting so i was on the range one day and i'm like you know what i love it out here i'm relaxed i'm outside because it's really the only time i go outside because when i'm home i'm on a main strip it's no big deal um, so going outside is not really my thing because the road's right there and people are around and I don't really like my neighbors cause he's kind of a, a goof. I want to club him every time I see him. So I just go to the range and that's my outdoor time. I don't even have to shoot. Just being out there is good. So I thought, you know what? I'd like to paint some scenery and this is the only scenery I have and it inspires me. So I started <laughs> painting on the range and when I went to see JP last, I took a, half pelican case with me and the only thing inside it was the painting and i go through customs and i get to uh the immigration customs guys and they go uh how long are you down here for i'm like just a weekend they're like what are you here for i'm like to visit some army buddies and we're shoot some guns they're like america and i'm like yeah right and they're like what's uh what's in your luggage and i'm like gifts and i didn't think anything of it but the only thing that was in that case that big pelican case was this painting and this is the painting all right, everybody, I'm going to speak so it comes up like in the screen. Am I in the screen now? You're Can in you the guys screen. see me? Yeah. Can you guys see me? Can you guys see this amazing, <laughs> amazing That's work good. of art? Let me tell you, this right here, you know where I got this? I got this in my room. And I got, I got it right next to the mirror. And at night, I just look at it and I go like, Nate was thinking of me when he came <laughs> I literally I, that's have actually really what good. Else, what else are you thinking when we look at the picture? <laughs> <clears throat> so I actually filmed I'll me. I'll tell you later off night on Telegram. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I actually filmed me painting it. Um, so I, now that he's revealed it, I will, I will put up the video of me painting it. But uh, <laughs> the intent was to be a therapeutic kind of thing. And when Kate <laughs> mentioned uh, to me today that she likes to be outside and get that fresh air thing, um, it reminded me of the painting. So it kind of, it's funny that you mentioned it tonight, but yeah, Kate, when you talk about 
you know, getting to knit and doing all these things. It's more therapeutic to get into learning new skills than pushing yourself into an immediate new job and killing yourself basically for somebody else again, because it's just, you know, compartmentalizing what you went through and not dealing with it and then just doing it all over again for somebody else or something else. Right. And, uh, you know, I think one of the only things I think like we talk about short term goals and long term goals in the military, um, I think it's important to at least have something, uh, a goal. Um, and for me, I want to complete my degree. Nice. Um, I, <clears throat> so I've already discussed it with my husband today that I think coming after Christmas break, uh, I'm going to do call, go back to college. Um, I know my, my current degree plan was earning my bachelor's in uh, logistics, but you know what? I did that for 21 years in the army. Like, I don't think I want to do that anymore. I want to go outside. I want to be outdoors. So I think I'm going to uh, look at horticulture yeah. and, and work with plants. So, nice. Yeah. Now, uh, Kevin can't uh, really complain. Uh, what kind of plans? <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> well, we won't get into that. But. If, you, if you come to Canada, it's all good. But okay. now, I don't think Kevin would have a problem with it because he's going to be hanging out with a college chick. That's true. Right? Oh, yeah. It's like... And then that's every guy's midlife crisis, right? So you're, you're just helping everybody here. Anyways, no. I digress. I don't want to have a sexual harassment thing going on. So... <laughs> Well, if, if I can, if I can, guys, I want to take this back uh, a little bit farther back to more of the beginning. Uh, I've only known Katie and Kevin for a rather short time since uh, Atlanta, really. Katie so I, five months. Yeah, Katie and knife I. Hand. Knife hand. We did knife <laughs> hands. I still think I beat her, but she says otherwise. Uh, but anyways, uh, but I also had in such a short time and we've become pretty close friends. And I was actually at Katie's retirement party up uh, there in Columbus, Georgia. And uh, I want to know what you were going through because I know it was emotional. I saw it personally, but I mean, to walk into that restaurant and see a bunch of your friends and was that like an uh, epiphany moment where you realized you were retired or talk, tell us about it. So um, I had a, I had this suspicion that my husband was throwing a surprise party for me. Yeah, he can keep um, a secret. He couldn't. I mean, he didn't tell me, but I kind of knew. So I alluded to him. I was like, hey, if you're doing a surprise party, make sure you only invite people I like. Because <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to see anybody from my anybody that I know that I just kind of knew. I it's a see surprise people. party, but he put it in the fridge in the calendar. <laughs> yeah. So he, he invited he invited people that that I believe were close to me. So, um, yeah, I was a little taken back by that. I mean, I was happy to see you there and meet your wife. Um, that was really special to me, um, and it and it meant something to see those people that meant something to me there. Um, but honestly, I think it wasn't until after the fact that I really started to think about, you know, my past and kind of everything I've done in the military, and it was like. You know, uh, Nate was saying, um, and both all you guys were saying is, you know, I, I've always been, I guess you could say like high speed. I've always been physically fit. I've always been that, that person, a go-getter. I've always been wanting to work, 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 and do all this stuff. And, um, when I got out of the military, it's like everything just stopped. There was, there was no competition. There was no taskings. There was no meetings. There was no, there was nothing for me. And so when that happened, um, it wasn't until after that party, after everything that I, 
everything slowed down for me um, and it hit me. But yeah, I mean, I was happy to see you guys there. But honestly, kind of the backstory on that was I made sure I told Kevin, I don't want to see anybody because I was going to be drinking and I didn't want to, you know, lay it all out. She was already like, you're cool. I was prepared. I was definitely prepared for a half in. I don't even know how much I drank. I I don't even know why you're here because I don't feel like. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it was gonna be a half. My wife's in the background going like this, just a little, you know. So she's what she's saying, Mike, is she doesn't know how you slid in, but you still made the cut. So yeah, I made I made the cut. I just made Kevin's cut. And your wife was really cool, so. Okay, so the wife card is what what saved you, Mike. It saved him. Yeah. Yeah. Now we know. So. To quantify what you're saying, Kate, and we've all talked about this and we've said it on the other episodes, it's, it's basically you're this high performance machine of just mm-hmm. speed and power. And it's like the flash, if I can say a superhero is going as fast as he can and coming to a complete dead stop. Mm-hmm. All that momentum that's behind you, everything, it just kind of doesn't have anywhere to dissipate. There's no lightning rod to draw it away, is there? And that's, no, that's where if you're listening, well, obviously if you're hearing our voices, you're listening. But if you're actually <laughs> listening to what we're saying, um, that lightning rod is new activities and new positive outputs. And uh, obviously this show is the conductor for that because we want to help you find those activities and things and kind of give you that, 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 that gist of, hey, you know, what you're feeling is not abnormal. There's nothing wrong with you. You're going through, and, and you and I talked about this last week, is it's, you have to realize it's a mourning process. Like, mm-hmm. and, and when we lose somebody uh, or, or a pet or, or a friend, like when we lose them, we go into that mourning process because there's unclosed business, unfinished business. And when we talk about a career, I know there's things I didn't achieve in my career. And I can only imagine in the kick-ass career that you had, you still have things that you felt you wanted to achieve. Oh, yeah. And, you know, now that, that torch has got to be handed on to somebody else. And that's the only way... I can look at it when I look back and see my troops that, you know, years later are now the same rank I was or higher rank. I'm like, yeah, guys kick ass. You know, I had some little help in that either showing them how not to be or how to be, but I was still in there somewhere. And I I think that because when you mentioned that to me, when we talked about it, that was something that actually kind of resonated to me and kind of helped me through that day. Cause I was kind of like, when we talked, I still had like a little bit of knot in my face that day because I was, <laughs> I was thinking about something else and I was like, ah, you know, you know, missing out on opportunities, but a missed opportunity is just a chance to put that energy somewhere else. Now, let, ju- just for expectation purpose, uh, just because, you know, you, you come to a stop, right? So a lot of people, like I said, they go, they go to a job right away. But that doesn't mean that that job is going to give you what you had in the army. The army is a whole, you know, the military is a whole different yeah. community. So even if you go straight to a job, you can, you can become the CEO of a company. And you're still going to feel that, that emptiness. Uh, you're still going to feel something is missing. And it's just yeah. going to take a while. It's just going to take a while for you to be able to, ch- you know, channelize that in a different way. But, uh, but Kate, what I can tell you is this, is uh, in the future, you're going to run into soldiers or, you know, whoever that, that you cross paths with, path with in the military. And trust me, they're going to come to you and talk to you and ask you for advice and this and that. And you're going to feel like, you still relevant, right? Even though that you're retired, you're still relevant. No, and, and I can tell you this because, for example, just, just yesterday, 
I was uh, having dinner with one of the guys that he was one of the weapons sergeant in my team uh, when I was just a brand new warrant. Uh, later on, uh, we went to the CIF and over there we went to the AFO detachment. Then I was the, the commander of that team. Then he came to that team. Later on, we went back to the Soul Force. Later on, I even helped him build his packet for his warrant stuff, right? Now, uh, so I retire as a CW3. Then now he's a CW3. He's going to make four soon. He's, he's like in group level stuff, you know? So, and he still, to this point, once in a while, asks me for advice. And I go like, why are you asking me for advice? You like, you like surpassed me already. You know, you JP's know what I'm saying? irrelevant. No, no, <laughs> no, but, but, but that's, uh, yes, I am. So what I'm trying <laughs> no. to say is like, you surpassed me already. You don't now, but at this point, you done more than I, right. that I did by the time I retired. Right. Right. So, but, but that shows you that, that your mentorship, your leadership, people still look up to that. And, uh, and that's something that it doesn't matter that you retire. You still got that. And, you know, no paperwork, no retirement paper, no blue ID card will ever take that away from you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I know I've only been out for a short time. I haven't really had anybody at this point reach out to me. That's fine. Okay, I'll call um, you tomorrow. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I definitely know people that throughout my career have reached out to me that had already gotten out of the military. Um, and plus... I, you know, I have some very close friends that are still in that have reached out to me to meet up for lunch, you know, things like that. But, um, I mean, I know people still care about me and, and it, and it feels good. I know that they still respect me and, and, um, and I respect them and I'm happy for them. Like you said, you're the, the guy that worked, that worked for you. Now he's a CW what four now? CW three. He's going to be CW3. making four. <laughs> four. And, and so that's a good feeling too, because in that, I think that's a sense of accomplishment within yourself that you help mentor someone who is becoming as successful as they are. You actually had one of those at your retirement party, one of your old soldiers. Oh yeah. Uh, several of them. Yeah. Um, but there was that one, yeah, there's, there were several of them, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like, and like, I think, and they had said, there's things that I feel like I wish I would have done. And I, and I even tell my husband sometimes I'd have been a good Sergeant major. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I think it was time for me to go. Yeah, knife hand. It was yeah. time for me to go, though. I had kids yeah. and being dual military, for those who are listening, dual military is super difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother, I think that's a whole nother discussion. Um, but one of us had to make that sacrifice. And since I was already uh, going through that med board and, and t- over the 20 year mark, it was it was time for me to be, to go. Um, real quick, Kate, uh, how mm-hmm. was your, uh, I know that now, now that the system have changed, so when you're starting to do your retirement stuff, you at the same time you start doing your VA, uh, your mm-hmm. VA paperwork and all that. Uh, was it was it pretty smooth? Yeah, actually. So I've got nothing negative to say about the VA portion. Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I take it back. There is a couple of things I could say that's negative about it, but. I went through the med board, so I was fortunate enough to handle all my medical stuff before I got out the army. Yeah. Within 30 days of getting out, I got my retirement and I got my VA check. Well, you know, everything within 30 days. But I've heard stories of people are still waiting and it took them sometimes years, you know, yeah. eight months, six well, months. Well, that is whatever. great. I'm happy for you in that one. Yep. Yeah. yeah so that I, I'm grateful for that because I was a little fearful about that. How is that all going to work out? Um, the VA here at Fort Benning um, so far has been good. 
um, they did have uh, for like behavioral health stuff. They had me do a video conference with a doctor. Um, and I called my rep VA rep and I said, Hey, I, I don't want to do that anymore. It was, it was a really awkward conversation. I mean, not that this is awkward, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little, but, um, it was just not very, he was rushing <laughs> JP. So they were, you know, he was rushing me through the discussion and, and these are very personal things to mm -hmm. talk about. Like I said, I was a, a sexual assault response coordinator, but also as a private, I went through some very personal things that happened to me in the military, which back then they didn't have a sharp program. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't have that stuff. So, uh, I had a lot of trauma. There's a lot of things that have happened to me in the military that I never really got to deal with. And so talking to someone on a, on a camera, that it's not going to work for me. Not, yeah. The, the last, I want to say the last year uh, is when they changed that. It's been about a year. Um, one day uh, they, they changed my, my, my uh, therapist. Right. And they said, Hey, uh, so uh, is your appointment is now come here, sir. So, you know, I walk in there and they sit me in a room and I'm sitting over there and I'm, <laughs> I don't. I only see one chair. And right? the voice and comes over the speakers. No, no, kind of. It was kind of weird. So they had the monitor in front of you, and but I only see one chair. I'm trying to figure out, okay, where, where's this therapist gonna mm -hmm. sit? There's only one, and they're like, I go like, they're like, well, your therapist will be here in a second. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm waiting for somebody to come in. All of a sudden, the monitor comes. I was like, uh, uh, can you hear me very well? And I go like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm Doctor right. So and So. I like. Mm -hmm. Are we gonna do this over video? It's like, oh yeah, that's how we do it now. It's like in the like, sleep apnea test. I, and I go like, you know oh, what? I, I'm not doing this. If you yeah. cannot have somebody sit over there one on one with me, I'm not gonna do this over video. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. Yeah, so there's I just some things I, I couldn't do. That's why that's I'm getting so crazier. <laughs> so it's very important that you get help. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> especially JP. <laughs> no, I. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, JP. Mm. I didn't mean to put you on blast like that. Um, but no, away, so, yeah. I enjoy it. Keep going. Don't stop. I, I actually asked the VA, I said, hey, I can't do this um, video stuff, but I can do group therapy. So yeah. um, I volunteered for group therapy and I start not this coming week, but next week. But I got to drive all the way to Tuskegee, uh, Alabama, which is like an hour and 45 minutes away. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But hey, um, get them to pay for it because you can put in mileage back. Yeah, TDI. Yeah, they yeah. do the yeah. mm -hmm. the mileage. Yeah. So yeah, I can I cannot that. do group. Yeah, they kick me out. Of, they kind of kick me out of group. Basically. I can understand you, JP. They, they say I was an asshole to the other people. <laughs> I don't believe it. What? Right? I don't well, believe all, it. All he's doing is, hey, have you seen Hunting Hitler? Like, come on, man, you gotta watch the show. Oh, you know what? I never watched that. Were you on the show? Season the one, show? episode six and seven. seven. See, I just huge, watched it. I'm a huge fan of Tim Kennedy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, jeez, don't give me. Hey, my husband. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not Tim Kennedy personally, because I don't know him personally. And just watching the episode, I'm sure the producers had some. My husband cringes every time I talk about him. He's like, Ugh. I'm like, he's so cute. <laughs> I actually had a camera guy. We were filming a project. And you know what? I'm going to mute you, Kate. No, hold on, JP. You want to hear? No, this? no, because she's like, I'm a big fan. I was, I thought you were going to say a JP. She's like, Tim Kennedy. Oh, fuck JP. Well, right? You know what? You're muted. Okay. So, we're, first off, he doesn't have that power. It's all me, and I just muted him. So, uh, I was doing a film project last year, and I met Hoist Gracie. So I was like, Oh, right on. We had to stare down and everything. And my camera guy was like, Yeah, man, that's really cool. And then we linked up with the other camera guy. He's like, Oh, Hoist Gracie, that's pretty cool. But I like Tim Kennedy. And I'm like. All right, good, good for you, right? Like Tim Kennedy, yeah, I think he did a fight or two, and uh, 
and the cameraman's like and we guy, love you really we do yeah we do tim if you're listening to this i would love to you know spend some time with you and do some silly skits and shit because i think you're almost as funny as me so the uh <laughs> the camera guy goes well do you think you could fight tim kennedy i'm like yeah i could fight tim kennedy he goes yeah but would you win i'm like yeah and he's like no and i'm like no, seriously, if I had to fight Tim Kennedy, I would win because I'd be fighting for my life, obviously. So I'd fight really dirty and I would win. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No UFC rules. No, it would just be whatever's available. I'd grab JP, swing him around and you know, club him or something, right? And, uh, you know, bring Mike out as my tactical folder and choke him out. You know, whatever. That's what's going to get him. Yeah, right? So anyways, on that note, Tim Kennedy, okay, dude, I guess. I heard he did some fights, but my hero on hunting Hitler that really made it for me was JP's translator. Whoever did his subtitles is the true hero of that show. God, don't Are you serious? Don't even start with that. <laughs> JP was the translator. Yeah. <laughs> don't even start with that. Anyways, I know we opened that rabbit hole, but yeah, Kate, it was, it was fun letting you help us tease the shit out of JP because right now he's holding his chin. He's frustrated. And all oh, he I'm wants not. to do is kill I just, us. I'm just having a good time. <laughs> No, and that's that's what it's about is is finding that community on the outside now where you can let that nervous energy kind of come out, where you can be around like-minded individuals. And when you guys talked about it earlier, uh, and JP said, you know, eventually you'll find that spot. The last few years, I've been working on projects. I got to the top of many fields and was just like, yeah, now I'm now I'm an amazing painter. You know, I'm a published writer, published author, and stuff, and not and I'm just like it's beautiful by the way thank you I, I appreciate that but I'm at the point now where I'm just like those are kind of hollow wins but working on this show with with okay so on my screen Kate's to this side JP's down here and Mike's down there on that angle so it's like our Brady Bunch and it's kind of that family that I've been looking for and that that sense of being where I've got my Marsha and my Jan and my Greg and whoever else the other Peter. ones were Peter and, Peter and yeah okay I I grew up in Canada we had, <laughs> we had really bad reception on our on our igloo so Marsha 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 yeah right yeah. so that now for me is I found that project so I've got my community of 10 individuals that I like to hang out with you know Wayne Snee we tease each other all the time on uh on on we send these, uh, you know rude messages JP I hound him on the every morning say good morning to him Mike, I bug him as much as possible and send him funny little things that make him kind of cringe but laugh at the same time. And no, uh, with my head on it, yeah. Oh, you're you're gonna openly admit that now? Here, look, yeah. I'll look down at you. I'm looking at you now from the side. Yeah. Anyways. So, anyways, no, and that's that's something that our listeners, uh, what JP's saying, and so I'm translating here is, <laughs> you're gonna be looking for, sorry, paraphrasing, not translating. Paraphrasing is you're gonna be looking for that project. Just be hesitant in how much you commit of yourself to things because you've already you've already lost so much uh, and donated it to the military and left that much behind you. You're in a rebuilding phase. And Mike, you and I were talking about this before. Is you're kind of you've been out a couple of years now. You're rebuilding. You're finding your career path. You're finding that that way ahead. Now you're two years out, correct? Yeah, correct. So looking back at where Kate is two years ago you know, you can really relate. What can you give her advice and anybody else that's in the same spot two years out <laughs> or it, just, Hey, this is still going to be happening. It really needs to start at least a year before you retire is what it needs to start. I know Katie and I've talked about this also. And I know I think JP as well is that they don't prepare you for this. 
this sudden crash, you know, or he hit a brick wall, whatever analogy you want to use. Uh, so it's really finding that that passion, that drive, what gets you going. What's what's gonna what's gonna wake you up the next morning and say, I'm gonna I got X, Y, and Z to do. And it's not necessarily a job, because I've gotten a lot of advice, you know, from former SF guys saying, Hey, your career's over, and it was a great career. Now it's just a job. Enjoy the family, uh, enjoy you know life in general. They go see vaca- go vacation spots or whatever. But it's really from a personal standpoint, it's also find what your passion is, whether it be your family, working out, uh, an event, uh, creating something. But you have to find that passion that you had because in, in, in the military, you have that, you know what you're going to do the next day. You know what you're going to wear and you pretty much know what you're going to do. Someone's going to tell you what to, how to do it or what to do. And that's the easiest job in the world. When you get out, you don't have that anymore. So you got to find that something to replace that, that everyday drive that you got you know because the military really instills that hey you want to excel you have you want to do everything you can to excel so not necessarily for promotion or anything but it just it's a personal drive so you got to find that replacement when you get out that's the, yeah, that's the hard part i definitely agree on the whole clothing thing because i know when i i know when i first when i first got out i was like oh i want i got these big nails and all these designs oh, yeah. all over it i mean i got my nose pierced i did all this stuff and then after about two weeks, I was like, okay, I'm tired. It's like my clothes, uh, I had to do so much more laundry. I was like, so, man. Much, so much laundry, right? Bef- before you wear the same uniform an entire week. <laughs> <laughs> you know you've done it. it. You, don't want to tell you, you know you've done it. I know. <laughs> we all did it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm totally guilty of that. I mean, especially especially if I wasn't, if I was working, I worked inside, you know, if I wasn't yeah. sweating or outside, I'd be like, oh, whatever. I didn't how, about the, how about the old BDU days where you wore that starched uniform for as long as oh, you could until that oh, was gone? Of course, of course. Yeah, you have, and you know, that, that that kind of messed me up uh, when I was here at Bragg, it was fine. But when I went to Panama, uh, it was so humid over there uh-huh. that that starch, like, Every two days, you have to put a new uniform on because the, the humidity just messed Gross. up the stars. Now, to Canadianize it, we got we had the olive drab for years, right? And then when we finally got the cad pat, we had we could stop doing laundry for a little bit because you could literally spell spill a relish on yourself, and nobody could tell. <laughs> when we had hot dogs after PT, nobody could tell. It was great. <laughs> I mean, let's clarify this though: we did change shirts. <laughs> Right and, and underpants, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you wore them though, if you went commando, then don't worry about it. Well, <laughs> but but it was like, yes, socks and t shirts were changed, but the actual uniform, the top and bottom, uh, it didn't get dirty that much unless no. you were going to the range or whatever. But yeah, so JP, what, uh, what's going on now on our, our list because we are getting close to that time, my friend. Yes, well, uh, I, um, there's one more thing I want to ask Kate. Kate this is just for my, you've been in Fort Bragg before and you Mike as well. So, <laughs> so from Fort Bragg and Fort Campbell, which one you like better? Oh. I, I just, I, I just need, I just need this. You're breaking up. Uh, from uh, Fort Bragg or Fort Campbell, which one do you like better? Uh, that's no question there. It's definitely Fort Campbell. Really? And that's the last time we had Kate ever on the Hello? show. <laughs> Hello, Kate. Are you there? I can hear yes. you. Yes. Okay, you can hear me now. So I definitely Fort Campbell, but I wasn't at Fort Bragg long enough to really appreciate it. I mean, I never even went on the base. It's, so I'll, I mean, I'll add to that. It's not Fort Bragg. It's not Fort Bragg. It's Fayetteville. 
No, no, no. So, no, I'm not talking about Fayetteville. I'm talking about the post. Um, I actually never got to go on the post. Okay, so. okay, okay. So I, I can't speak. I that. mean, I, I, went, I, I went to Fort Campbell, but that was for PLDC only. So uh, I did not like it. So it's, you went to the World War II barracks then if you oh, went yeah, to PLDC Yeah, that place there. sucked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I am processed, that's where we stayed was the World War II barracks. But okay. um now, but to answer, to answer your question, uh, JP, from my standpoint, it's, yeah. it's hands down Fort Campbell. I've okay. never seen a base that had more programs already in place, established and easy to access for soldiers and family. So, brag, I mean, I, I was there for either trying to earn my Green Beret or I was there for an instructor. So I may not have looked into it today because, because my, my blinders were on for what I was doing there. But for me, it's Fort Campbell just because I've never seen such great programs for family and soldiers. Okay, so. cool. All right, and Kate, uh, finally here. Uh, let me ask you one more question here. <laughs> hey, sorry. My laptop was um, actually dying on me, so I had to hurry up and get the charger. Sorry about that. All okay. right. Uh, so, Kate, um, we're getting we're coming to the end of this and I just want to ask you uh, right now, I know you said you still, you're still trying to search, trying to figure out what you're going to do. Um, <clears throat> so college is next for you, right Kate? It is. Yep. All right. And you're going to study how to grow marijuana, right? Yeah, pretty much get into the cannabis industry. <laughs> it's booming. You nailed it. <laughs> the, so, no. So, no. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but I mean, a side job, sure. <clears throat> Why, you need something? No. <laughs> no. We, we need to talk about some, the, the distribution okay. business. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I was just, uh, uh, so that, that's, that's, your, that's what you're going to be focusing on right now. So uh, you're not looking at, at getting a job or anything. Like you're going to focus on college and then your family, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think at this point, um, the options are open. I, I don't like to, um, you know, I don't like to put so much pressure on me. You know what I mean? So I think. Way to go, JP. <clears throat> I, I definitely want to do college and I want to focus on my family and I want to focus on rehabilitating myself to, to be whatever it is I, I plan on on doing, I guess. What you want to um, do when you grow up? Right. Yeah. You would think by now I'm going to be 40 in a couple months that I would know that. I You're so old now. Oh my God. So old. 40. Oh my God. That, you know, I actually hey, was 40 is a new 30. All right. I thought 40 was going to be a lot worse. I'm happy. So I'm, I'm happy oh, with my age. So. <laughs> um, my boy, yeah. are you talking to your dogs? <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking to? His wife's right there beside him. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, the boss, the boss. Yeah, the okay. boss is there. Yeah, so my short-term goal, JP, is definitely uh, college. So. All right. Perfect. So we'll have to bring you back in, in in the new year and touch base and see how you're doing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Love definitely to. will. Yeah. Hey, um, so anyways, uh, Kate, uh, we really appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, you really brought a different perspective because, you know, a lot of the people that we have talked to, uh, they've been retired for a while. And uh, so they, they kind of like retire and found something new and you're still kind of like in that process. Uh, and again, you're the first female too. Be, I mean, besides Nate and myself, because, you know, Mike is the only, the only man in the show. Is he though? Is he? 
Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, we're really appreciate you coming into the show. And uh, I don't know, you got a, we all got a little bit of emotional at one point there. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing that and sharing that passion. Uh, and people are going to be able to actually to see it this time, right? Nate, are we going to put this on YouTube? Oh, was I supposed to be recording this? Oh, damn it. <laughs> damn. We've got to do it all over again. Yeah. Okay. So everybody remember exactly what you said. No, uh, we're, <laughs> we're good this time. Um, and that's the really cool thing about this journey with JP and Mike and I is we're always feeding off each other to, to make it a better quality so we can have a better product for everybody. So that way you can see, and this is the underlining tone JP and I started with is we're going to start shitty and we're going to get better just like your transition when you get out. It starts shitty, but it's going to get better slowly. And there might be some setbacks where you forget an S in an email and you screw up a whole show, but that's yes. okay. That's okay. Because it is going to get better. Are or we going to look like the Brady Bunch on the actual like podcast or will it just be like video no, it's gonna clips? Be, it's going to be like this, whatever this is, is what it's going to be. Swipe so, right or left on Instagram. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be when I'm talking, cause it's going to go to me. And then now JP uh, starts okay. talking. Gotcha. JP starts talking now. Oh, I start talking now. And now it's on yeah. him. And then Mike starts talking. And Mike starts talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, now it's on Mike. Yeah. And then yeah. you start talking, Kate. Okay, I start talking. Yeah, now it's on you. And, and then that's how, on, the okay. that's how the screen's going to go. All right. Now, this is something we should have talked about probably in the beginning. But I'm glad we covered <laughs> it here at the end as the recap. So, um, back to JP now. So it's on Anyways, GP. everyone, the, the only the only thing I wanted to say is like, well, we killed the leader of ISIS. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. Another one is coming up. I mean, it, but basically you know he, he gave up because he knew he was done. That's the biggest thing. Uh, yeah. 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 So carry on, JP, because we all like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> Anyways, no. So, hey, uh, that that's about it. Uh, I once again, uh, Kate, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you're the first video, so it's going to be amazing. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for working so hard trying to get this video rolling. Um, Mike, thank you so much for fixing your fuck-ups over there with your technical stuff. And uh, I mean for fixing my fuck-ups too, because I fucked it up the last time too. I forgot what I did. I missed, I missed something up. <laughs> no, we fixed Nate so I can actually participate. Show there from uh, JP's friendship group. The what is it from the ashes? From the ashes, it's not up yet, but uh, we'll announce it when he, when he launches. Yep. So stay uh, tuned for that. And uh, yeah, no, JP, Mike, it's been great talking to you, Kate. It's been a pleasure. You yeah. really classed the place up. I classed it. You guys just haven't seen that side of me yet, but yeah, thank you for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, All right, it was every... great. I appreciate it. Oh no problem. We appreciate you taking the time to be in the show. Appreciate it, Kate. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening again. Another episode of VTSR. And uh, remember, no matter what happens, don't cash out, guys. Don't cash out. All right. Take us away, Nate. Thank you to our main sponsors, Nost Defiance Group, LLC, Uptown Auto Glass, and ATAX Camera. He said, I do. Gonna go protect this land. This song is for you. Yo.
This song is for you. 